This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. You're listening to the Tom Rowland Podcast. It's part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast today. I'm standing in the brand new studio that I've built, and it sounds probably better than it really is. It is uh, a small room that I have covered in the acoustic foam and put some carpet in and a cool table, and um, it is really cool. So I hope that you can hear the difference between this podcast and maybe another, but it does give us a very uniform, consistent sound and feel. And uh, when I look around this little tiny room that I'm standing in, I think about the person that is eventually going to be standing on the other side and how many cool conversations are going to happen in this little studio. And of course, I'll continue to do them on the road and go visit people where they are. But this is a place where we can we can do them as much as we want and uh, maintain that consistent feel. So I'm really looking forward to it. And I just want to tell you all, thank you very much for um, all the support that you've been given the podcast over the last year. I had no idea what to expect, none whatsoever. It was a total experiment. And the result is that I have learned more in the last year about all kinds of things, not just fishing and hunting, but all kinds of things from the amazing guests that we've been able to have. So many of those guests were suggestions that you guys sent me in um, on the podcast at Saltwater Experience email, which you're welcome to send a message if you like, and uh, also Instagram. I, of course, reach out to people that I'm interested in, but I also want to reach out to people that you're interested in. And we have had uh, good success with that, some that I didn't think about. And they turned out to be fantastic guests with fantastic stories. So keep those suggestions coming in. And, um, you know, if, if, uh, if I can, I will reach out to them. Today's podcast is kind of goes along those lines. Someone sent me an email and, and asked questions, and that happens a lot. And, um, you know, one of the things that I'm the most excited about with a the podcast these days is that does something way different than the television show. The television show requires a tremendous amount of time between the time that we film the show and the time that it actually hits the air. Sometimes it's six, eight months. And that's kind of frustrating to me. The podcast is really cool because if I get a question or some 
a guest that that I happen to be near or is coming through town or I'm going through their town, I can just stop in and get that interview. And um, that's how some of the best ones we've had so far have happened. And I can put it out tomorrow. I could even put it out that same day. And this question didn't come in a couple of hours ago. It came in a couple of days ago. Um, but it's a it's a really good question. It gave me time to really think about it and uh, try to come up with an answer that I thought was worthy of of your time. And um, this is by a gentleman, and I'm going to really try not to butcher your last name, Paul Manoogian, and that is M-A-N-O-O-G-I-A-N, Manoogian. And, um, and he asked this, hey, Tom, my name's Paul Manoogian. I'm a fishing guide, and I'm just starting out. In your opinion, what are the top five things necessary to be a successful fishing guide? If someone could have told you something you wish you had known when you first started, what would it be? What would it have been? I hope you have the time to respond in advance. Okay, so I'm going to try this, and uh, I may come up with six, um, with six things rather than five. Um, and uh, let's let's give it a shot. Um, so I was writing one more note down here before I got started. Um, okay. So I think my answer to this is going to be pretty thoughtful. I don't know. I guess if I got together with some other fishing guides, uh, we'd probably come up with a lot of other things. But off, you know, right off the top of my head, when I think about five things that uh, result in successful fishing guides and have also resulted in any success that I may have had as a fishing guide, um, I think of it this way, and I'm going to start at five, and I'm going to work my way to number t- number one. And uh, the first thing would be that when I started into the fishing guide business, I didn't realize it was a business. I just kind of thought it was something that you would do. And actually, I didn't even think it was something that you would do for very long. I thought it was something I would do for a summer. So, you know, that's probably the way a lot of people get into it. So the first thing is that... The fishing guide business is actually a business. It is um, a business that requires and deserves professionalism. You should be professional in the way that you show up. You should be professional in the way that you maintain your equipment. You should be professional in the way that you present yourself. You should be professional in all manners because you are just as much of a professional as anyone else. It doesn't matter if somebody else wears a suit and tie every day. You are in charge of something that is even more important. You have very high profile people with plenty of money in a lot of cases, but very little time in other cases. Time is their most valuable asset. They are trusting you with their most valuable asset. They don't want their time wasted and they don't want to go out with someone who is not a pleasure to be with. So, Present yourself professionally and act professionally at all times, even when your clients are starting to, you know, go off off the deep end. It's really important that you maintain your professional manner. Uh, Marketing and running your business is a big part of this, too, about being professional. If I had it to do over again, I would have studied much more marketing and business in school. 
I didn't because once I found fishing, I was trying to get out of school as fast as I possibly could. So I uh, was a geography major. That was the literally the only subject that I found interesting or entertaining at all. I got to take a lot of meteorology classes, which I was applying to being able to kind of get a better idea of what the weather was doing. That turned into better fishing trips, right? So that's what I chose to study. <laughs> While it may have helped me to uh, understand what a cold front's doing, it didn't do anything to teach me how to run a business. It didn't teach me anything uh, uh, as far as marketing goes. It didn't teach me anything like that. So I would be studying marketing and business or, or probably better yet, not necessarily business, but entrepreneurship in college. Because that's what you are. You're an entrepreneur. You're starting a business from scratch and you're building it. That's entrepreneurship. And in college, you can learn a lot of things like that. If you are not going to college uh, because of other things or you're starting this career late in your life or you're making a change, man, you can learn a lot about entrepreneurship through books, through online courses, through all kinds of things. Entrepreneurship is something that I find is incredibly important because you're going to be able to run your business very effectively. And one of the things about running your business very effectively is that you actually keep it above water. You keep your head above water. There are countless numbers of fishing guides that have great expectations and great hopes about being a great fishing guide. And you know what? They may be a great fishing guide and they're probably a better fisherman than me and probably a better fisherman than most people. But Maybe they can't run their business and they end up going out of business. That doesn't do anyone any good. That doesn't do your customers any good. That doesn't do you any good. You're going out of business. Okay. So marketing, running a business and entrepreneurship. I learned all this stuff the super hard way. And um, I would suggest that you get some training and and go into it with a, with a head start, certainly a head start over what I had. All right. Number four, I would say that this one's really, really important that your success as a fishing guide is not all about catching the biggest or the most. And I say this because a lot of people think that it is. And, and you know, you're, you're, as a fishing guide, it is important to catch good fish for your clients. It is important to, to, you know, get a world record sometime or win a tournament sometime. But don't let that get in the way of showing your customers a good time. Because really the most important thing that you can do is to show your customers a good time. And that rarely has to do with catching the biggest or the most. What it has to do with is, is giving them a great experience. And that may happen with only a few fish or just some small fish. Giving that customer a great experience means that that customer is going to return to you. This is how you build your business on return customers. And when you have return customers, that's how you, that's how you have a successful business. So if you can remember that it's not all about catching the biggest or the most, it's about having happy customers. That's what measure, that's the measure of success as a fishing guide. And if you can, you know, teach them something and entertain them throughout the day. And when they get off that boat, it's been the best day of their life. You're going to be a successful fishing guide. It doesn't matter how big the fish are or how many you caught. That's the measure of success. So keep that in mind. All right. Number three, 
communication. This was one that uh, didn't really realize until way later. And I wish somebody had told me how important this was and how important it was in so many different ways. And that is that having communication skills, that's definitely one of the most important factors to be a successful fishing guide or to be uh, good versus great or to be mediocre versus being an absolute star that's booked for life. Communication skills are incredibly important. It all goes back to everything that we've been talking about, the marketing and the running the business, the catching the biggest or the most, and the communication skills, they all go hand in hand. And these communication skills start in a lot of ways today in today's world. Your communication skills start before you've ever even met the client. They're starting with your messages that you're sending on social media, the way that you're presenting yourself, the way that you're that you're talking about your your guide service, your guided trips. And um, this goes into expectations and, you know, everything that that your forward facing communication to the world in when I first started guiding. You would get customers, you know, one of three ways. They'd either call you on the phone. Um, we didn't have email back then, so they'd either call you on the phone or you would be working the dock. Um, at the at the dock, you'd be hanging around whatever marina you're working out of or the boat ramp or whatever and spend a little extra time there, talk to the tourists. That would be a way that you would get some business. And the third would be referrals from other guides, which would usually, ref, uh, re, you know, result in a phone call. On that phone call, you have the opportunity to talk to the customer and find out what it is that they want. You know what? Sometimes you're not the right guide. And even though you may need that trip really badly, you're not the right one. You're a fly fishing guide and this guy wants to go offshore bait fishing. You don't have that you don't have the right boat. You know, you you have to talk, communicate, find out what it is that they want to do. And if you're the right person for the job, great. Take it and do the best job you possibly can. If you're not the right person for the job, then that's fine too. Have a referral service where you you pass over the trip to somebody else. It'll come back to you. It'll probably come back to you tenfold when you start referring trips over to people and you give them the exact kind of trip that they're looking for. And then when somebody calls them, that is looking for what you offer, it'll come right back to you, I promise. So um, when you're talking about expectations and and what people want to do, it's really good to kind of understand where they're coming from. What do they think? And we've talked about this before on this podcast, but what are the, what are they thinking that they they really want? Are they expecting to go tarpon fishing and catch 25 fish? Probably not going to happen, right? So, you know, this is the time where you kind of discuss the expectations and let them know, okay, well, you know, it's winter time right now and maybe we can catch some tarpon. Maybe, maybe, you know, a cold front might kind of mess us up or, you know, depending on the weather, we might be able to do what you're asking. What would you want to do if it was cloudy and windy? Would you want to go barracuda fishing? And this is when you get all of that stuff kind of out of the way and understand where your client's coming from. And if they say they want to go permit fishing on fly, regardless, no matter what, well, you need to be prepared for that. Don't get to the boat ramp and all of a sudden it's poor conditions for whatever you would like to do or what your client would like to do and and start proposing something else. If he if you've already worked out all these these um 
these issues with with them. You know what they want to do. You've accepted the trip. Now it's time to go give it your best shot, regardless of the conditions. So communication is huge. If you are very shy, if you don't do well um, in conversations, you know what? You can you can work on that. There are public speaking courses. There's something called Toastmasters. You can go and learn how to be a good public speaker. You think you don't need to be a public speaker to be a fishing guide? You absolutely need to be a public speaker to be a fishing guide because that's what you're doing all day long, every single day. You're talking in front of people. And that may be one person or two people or five people or 10 people, but you're talking in front of people and you need to be very comfortable doing that. All right. So number two would be patience. So we worked our way up from five all the way down to two. Two, the second most important thing that I can think of that wish somebody had told me is in regard to patience. Of course you need patience when you're fishing. Fishermen have to be patient. But you also need to have patience in terms of running a successful business and being a successful guide. You know what? It's going to take a while. It is going to take a while. No one is going to start out and just be booked 300 days a year unless you're stepping into a really sweet situation where there is a pipeline of business headed your way. I guess it could happen, but for most people, you're going to step into this business and you're going to have to work your way up just like everybody else and it's going to take a while. Doesn't matter how, you know, go down the list. Doesn't matter how good your marketing is. It doesn't matter about whether or not you you are showing every one of your customers a great day like number four, or you're the best communicator that the fishing world has ever seen, you're still going to have to work your way up. And this the word of your services is going to need to get around. And that happens with years on the job, and it happens with time on the water. It all boils down to time on the water. The more time you're spending on the water, you know, the, the, the faster you're going to see success. And if you can put all these things together, then then you're going to see success a little faster than other people. But still, be patient because this is, you know, to be a, a you look around at any of the, at the people that you think are very successful fishing guides. Look around at some of the people that have really come on the scene in the public scene in the last few years, and I'll bet you'll find that they're not really an overnight success. They're an overnight success 20 years in the making, or they're an overnight success 10 years in the making. Um, for whatever reason, the word finally got around and, and they're getting the attention that they deserve. And, um, you know, so be patient and things, things are going to happen for you, but it's probably going to take a little longer than you think. So number one on my list is hard work. Had someone told me how hard I was going to need to work, in order to see the type of success that I have had in as in the fishing world, whether that's being a guide or TV or this podcast or anything else, man, I got I gotta say honestly, I might have thought twice about it because it is a lot of work. I never stop working. I'm working all the time, whether that is on the water, off the water in the office, doing this podcast, on the television show, in the edit studio, talking to the sponsors, maintaining relationships, everything 
is work. And as a fishing guide, your work does not begin in the morning when you get up. And it doesn't end in the afternoon. It is constant. You get up in the morning and you are working. I mean, if a lot of most of the fishing guides I know are working hours before the customers show up, or at least an hour before the customers show up. And that is if they've done a lot of work in the at, at night to get the boat ready and everything else, then they're going to meet the get there before the customer. They're going to take the customer fishing for eight to 10 hours and they're going to come home and then they're going to clean up everything. Takes a couple of hours, gas the boat, ice the boat, get the, you change the, chain the line on the reels, get everything ready, figure out, okay, well, tomorrow we're going to be doing something different. So I got to change the rigs on every one of my rods. Now it's later and later and later, just enough time to get in bed and go to sleep before you have to get up and do it all over again. It's hard work. It's really hard work. And, um, it, it never, it never stops. The benefit of the hard work is that it's fishing. This is what you wanted to do. It's awesome. It is an awesome way to make a living, but don't think it's not going to be hard work because it is. It's very, very hard work. And especially if you want to be very successful at it and you want to be working 300 days a year, um, that is like being a professional endurance athlete. Um, it's, it's hard. It's hard work. And also, uh, e maybe the easiest part of the whole thing is doing the actual 300 days. How did you get all those customers? How do you keep track of all those customers? What are you doing with all the money you're making? How, you know, all of these things. This is running a business. And most people that run a business aren't, you know, basically active for 12 hours a day. There's time to sit down and go through the receipts and make the deposits and do all those things. Um, <laughs> it's tough. Um, so hard work. That's the number one thing that I wish somebody had told me is, well, I don't know if I wish somebody had told me. I'm glad they didn't, actually. I'm glad I didn't know how hard I was going to have to work because uh, maybe I wouldn't have even done it. Um, and this all boils down to the one thing that I jotted down before um, the podcast when I so rudely looked down at the um, computer and made some notes when I first started this podcast. And that is that the absolute number one thing that you need to do if you want to be a very successful fishing guide is you got to take care of yourself, man. You absolutely have to take care of yourself. Being a professional fishing guide or a hunting guide, or a professional, active person in the outdoors means that you have to be at the top of your game physically. You have to be. And, um, you know, you'll see that some people aren't, and they seem to be doing very well. Those people are outliers. Most people that uh, are working as hard as we've been talking about take care of themselves. You need to take care of yourself physically. You need to take care of yourself um, um, emotionally. You need to take care of yourself spiritually. You need to have a little bit of time for yourself, a little bit of quiet time. You need to get some exercise. You need to be eating healthy, drinking lots of water, making sure that your hydration level is good because the sun and the environment is basically just squeezing the water out of you like a sponge every single day. And you have to learn how to replenish 
your water and your electrolytes and do it in a way that, that you feel good every day. And um, that's tough. It takes a lot of trial and effort, trial and error. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of discipline. But that is the number one thing that you need to do if you are thinking about being a very, very successful fishing guide or very successful in any business. That's my opinion. All of these are my opinion. Talk to another fishing guide, may think differently. But you ask, and that's it. So the top five things that make you a successful guide, uh, marketing and business, entrepreneurship, get as much knowledge as you can. Understand that it's not all about catching the biggest or the most. It's about pleasing your client and having happy clients, happy customers. Number three is communication. Be the best communicator that you can possibly be in every area of your business. Number two, patience. It's not going to happen overnight. Number one, hard work. And in order to make all of these things happen, you got to take care of yourself. So I hope that helps, Paul. Send me a note. Let me know. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is a longer How-To Tuesday than normal. Came in at 23 minutes today. I hope that's helpful. If it is, go to social media. Send me something on on Instagram. You can um, go to my Instagram, Tom underscore Roland. Leave a comment there. That would be awesome. Um, follow there if you want to. and um, Or, I don't know, you can go to the website. Got some new books up on the website, too. Um, the latest one that I read, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Incredible. Very much, very highly suggested. So anyway, until next week, see ya.